Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I have absolutely no medical skills, not a one. I know where the band-aids are and I know how to boil water. That's it. That's the limit of my medical expertise. We actually have other people in our household who look after those things for us. Now, the limit of my medical expertise, though, it doesn't stop me from feeling like I know quite a lot. Uh, my wife can testify to this as well. So I think I've watched enough of those medical dramas on television who actually know quite a bit about medicine. Uh, I know uh, how I'd handle things if I were in the emergency room. You've probably watched those dramas on TV, haven't you? You know, when someone gets wheeled into the emergency room, there are, you've got to check their vital signs. That's the most important thing to do. Often when the paramedics wheel them in, the doctors will say, what are their vital signs? And you know what the vital signs are. Their pulse, their blood pressure and their respiratory rate. They'll ask them about those three things because they're the three things that tell you how someone is going. Now the paramedics will say, you know, pulse 125, blood pressure 140 over 90, uh, breathing shallow and erratic. So you'll know how someone's going by checking their vital signs. The vital signs need to be there. All three of those things need to be working. If there's a problem with any one of those things, then the person is in serious trouble. You can't continue to have a pulse and continue to have good blood pressure. Oh, but he stopped breathing. We won't worry about that. We'll just focus on the two that are going well. Well, it doesn't work like that, does it? All three of those vital signs need to be working together. Now, we've been looking through 1 John for a few weeks now and we're coming towards the end of the letter and throughout this letter, John has talked about the vital signs of the Christian life and he says that there are three things that need to be working together and all three of them need to be operating. Those three things are truth, love and obedience. John says that they are the vital signs of the Christian life. All three of them have to be right. All three of them have to be working. And all three of them are interconnected. And that's what we see in this passage from John today, that all three of those things need to be there. So let's start with the first of the vital signs, at the beginning of chapter 4. The first vital sign is truth. Christians are people who believe the truth about Jesus. So being a Christian is not just a matter of believing anything you like about Jesus. It's a matter of being committed to the truth about Jesus. You need to understand the truth about Jesus and you need to believe the truth about Jesus. We said right at the beginning of this letter, of looking at this letter, that it's been written to a church where some false teachers are coming in people who are making other claims about Jesus and, and saying other things about Jesus, things that weren't true. The false teachers seem to be suggesting that Jesus possibly didn't really come in the flesh, that he just appeared to be a human being, or possibly that he didn't rise from the dead. Well, John's saying you need to be committed to the truth about Jesus. Don't listen to what these false teachers were saying. But do you know what? I bet these false teachers, I bet they would have sounded convincing. I bet it would have seemed like it was true. I, I bet that they were sincere in what they said. They were probably even passionate about the things that they were teaching. But being a Christian isn't a matter of 
just believing anything about Jesus. You need to believe the truth about Jesus. Have a look at a couple of verses with me. Chapter 1, verse 22. Have a look in your Bibles. Chapter, sorry, chapter 2, verse 22. 1 John, chapter 2, verse 22. Who is the liar? It's the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. And then go to the passage we're looking at today, chapter 4, verse number 2. This is how you can recognise the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. And, and then jump down to verse number 15. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. See, John gives us a whole list of truths about Jesus in this passage. Uh, chapter, chapter 4, verse 1, that Jesus was physically raised from the dead. Chapter 4, verse 9, that Jesus came into the world and that we live through him. Verse 10, that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse 14, that he's the saviour of the world. Chapter 5, verse 1, that he is born of God. Chapter 5, verse 5, that he is the son of God. Now, they're not just a collection of nice thoughts about Jesus. They're truths about Jesus that you need to believe, that you need to be committed to. This is one of the vital signs of the Christian life. Quite some years ago when we were uh, living up in Byron Bay, we had a, a couple from overseas who came and visited uh, the church in Byron Bay. And at the end of church, uh, the, the lady came up to me and said, I had never heard anything like that before in my life. Now, my first thought was, I've said something to upset this poor woman and for the life of me I can't think what it is. But I said to her, what do you mean you've never heard anything like this before in your life? And she said, I've been going to church for two years now and I've never heard anyone say the things that you're saying. And so we invited them over for lunch and got to talk to them a little bit more. I, I didn't think I'd said anything that was particularly outlandish. We were just trying to look at a passage from 1 Thessalonians and what it said about Jesus. So we got to talking to them over lunch and I said, well, what do you hear in your church on Sunday morning? What would the talks normally be like? And she said, well, they're just talks about being more organised and, and living a healthy lifestyle and uh, having a gym membership and, and trying to be a good moral, moral person. And I said, so you never really hear what the Bible says? And she said, I don't think we've ever heard a talk from a Bible passage in our church. There are always talks about how to live a good, clean life. It's interesting, isn't it? There's a church, it's not so much that there's false teaching in that church, there's just no teaching in that church. What surprised this couple was that they heard things about Jesus that they'd never heard before. They'd been going along to a very large church for more than two years and they'd never really heard anything about Jesus. They just heard about living a, a good, upright life. But there's a lot of that about, you know. You sometimes hear people say, well, it doesn't matter what you believe, just so long as you're sincere. Well, John says, that's rubbish. I mean, the most sincere people in the world can still be wrong. John says, 
you need to be committed to the truth about Jesus. You need to believe the truth about Jesus. You need to understand the truth about Jesus. It's one of the vital signs of the Christian life. Second vital sign, pick it up there in verse number 7 of chapter 4. Second vital sign, he says, is love. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. It's pretty simple when you read a couple of verses like that, isn't it? Those who are from God, those who know God through Jesus, well, they will demonstrate that they know God because they'll love other people. Did you notice that there's no qualifications there? It doesn't say love one another unless that person's upset you at some time. It doesn't say love one another but only if you feel loved by that person. It doesn't say love one another but if they don't respond to your love then you can forget about them. It doesn't say that, does it? It says that we are to love one another. And John gives us the supreme example of love. The love that God has shown to us in Jesus. Verses 9 and 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Human beings are often a little bit competitive, aren't they? You'll often measure your performance against the performance of those around you. And so when it comes to something like loving other people, you'll often think to yourself, well, I know I'm doing a better job than so-and-so, you know, three feet down from me in the pew. I know that I'm more loving than they are, so I must be doing okay. It's very easy for us to actually think we're doing well because I compare myself to other people who aren't quite as loving as I am. Well, John says, no, don't measure yourselves against each other. Measure yourself against God. That's the great measure of love, isn't it? I mean, it's a huge challenge, isn't it? Verse 10. This is love. This is the benchmark for you, people. This is what you need to measure yourself against. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You want to know what love is? Don't think about how much you love God or how much better you are at loving than others. Think about how much God has loved you. And our response to God's love ought to be that we then love one another. And John says that love is that vital sign. Have a look at verse 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And then verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. John says if love is not there then your Christian life doesn't have a pulse. You've stopped breathing. And it's serious. We are to love God and we are to love one another. And the source of that love, well, it's grounded in the truth of who Jesus is and what God has done for us through Jesus. The last vital sign that John mentions is obedience. 
It's always been amazing to me to see the way uh, our kids grow up and the way different things develop in their mind uh, and the way that they show their love. I remember there was a period there for a little while when Lauren was about five or six, Lauren is our oldest, uh, there was a period there where she would tell us regularly that she loved us. Whenever she saw us, she'd come running in, give us a hug and say, I love you, Daddy, or I love you, Mummy. And sometimes she didn't just want to say it, she actually wanted to demonstrate her love. And I can remember one time sitting in the lounge room, it was around about her bedtime, and she came into the lounge room and she said, I've brushed my teeth, and I've tidied up my room and I'm going to go and lie down on my bed and read my book and when Mummy comes and says it's time to turn the light out, I will turn the light out. Now, do you see what she was doing there? She was actually wanting to show how much she loved us by doing all of the things that we would have wanted her to do. She wanted her obedience to actually speak about her love. She wanted to say she loved us and therefore she was going to do all of the things that we wanted her to do. Well, that's what John says here, isn't it? He says that if we love God, then we'll show our love for God by our obedience. This wasn't a whole horrible bunch of chores that Lauren was complaining about having to do. This was a great opportunity for her to express her love in a practical way. And that's what John says as well. Have a look at chapter 5, verse 2. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands. His commands are not burdensome. What God wants from us isn't some huge burden It's not some list of chores that we need to complete. In fact, it'll be what we want to do for God. Like it wasn't a burden for Lauren, to love other people won't be a burden for us either because we know what it is to be loved by God. Now let's not forget what John's already said about the commands that we're to obey. Back in verse 23 of chapter 3 he says this, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. Did you see it there? It's it's linked in together again, isn't it? That obedience, the truth and the love, all together there in that one sentence. The command is to believe in Jesus and to love one another. Well, they're the vital signs of the Christian life. Obedience, truth, and love. If they wheeled you into the emergency room and said, quick, check the vital signs, how do you think you'd be doing in those areas? Now, let me say again, it's no good if just one or two of them are functioning. You've got to have all three of them functioning. Otherwise, John says, your Christian life's not alive. It's not a matter of doing okay with one or two of them. All three of these things need to be working well. That's John's point here in this passage. So how would you say your vital signs were going? Are there any of those vital signs where you're not perhaps doing too well? What about truth? Do you understand and believe the truth about Jesus? For the Christian life, it's not just a matter of believing anything about Jesus. 
It's about being committed to the truth about Jesus. The truth that's right there in that book that you're holding in your hand. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of, the God, Son of God? Did you, do you believe that he came into this world to die for your sins? Do you believe that he's the only way to be made right with God? And more importantly, are you committed to growing in your understanding of the truth about Jesus? So the Christian life is not just about believing some truth way back when you were younger. It's a matter of continuing to understand that truth. When Paul prays for the Ephesians, he prays that they'll know God better and better every day, that they'll understand more and more of God's love for them in Jesus. Christian life is not about putting some ticket in your pocket when you're a child and then carrying on until your funeral. It's about continuing to grow in that relationship with God and grow in your understanding of what God has done. That's why we look at the Bible here every Sunday morning. That's why we have Bible study groups meeting during the course of the week. You need to make sure that you understand the truth about Jesus and that you work in understanding more and more of the truth about Jesus. And then there's love. Are you looking for those opportunities to express love to others? Can you think of people that you know who you could perhaps show greater love towards? Is this vital sign of love there in your life? Is it obvious to you and to others? And last of all, there's obedience. Do you feel that living the life that God wants you to live is some chore or some burden that you have to get on with? Because it should be the life that you want to live because you understand the love that God has shown to you. Obedience, truth and love. They're not things that you can look at and then just gloss over or forget about or overlook. John says that they they are the vital signs of your Christian life. All three of them must be there and all three of them must be working together. Let me read again from 1 John chapter 3. Bruce says this, And this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. 